0: guys. This is Sean today. Welcome to the show. This is episode 58 of The Weekly Briefly. And today I want to talk a little bit about uh, balancing the top idea in your mind, right? You, you know what I'm talking about? So uh, it's, it's, by the way, today's Friday. It's the 13th, Friday, the February 13th. It's not February. It's March. What am I talking about? But it is still the 13th. So, uh, okay. Raise your hand if you can relate to this statement. I can easily get so caught up in a project that it becomes the only thing I think about all the time. Does that sound familiar? Does that sound like something you can relate to? Here's some examples. Uh, Say you've started a new personal project and when you're at your work or when you're with your family or wherever it may be, all you can think about is when you're going to get back to working on that project. Or perhaps you're buying a house and it's all-consuming. Or perhaps you've just met someone special and he or she is all you can think about. Not to say that that person is a project. Um, Or, you know, maybe you just usually bring work home with you. So I know for me, uh, my tendency is to do a project in sprints. Uh, I've, I've kind of found this is one of the ways that I work best. And so what I do is I usually have one or two major work projects going on at any given time. And usually they take one to three months to complete. So uh, George Leonard, he wrote this book called Mastery. Uh, he would probably call me uh, in his book. He, you know, he, he's got these different uh, terms. You know, he's got the dabbler, the obsessive, the hacker, and then the master, right? So I think we all kind of have different components of each one. So he might call me a dabbler with my kind of my tendencies to do these work sprints, right? Uh, here's how he describes the dabbler. Um, he says the dabbler approaches each new sport, career, opportunity, or relationship with enormous enthusiasm. He or she loves the rituals involved in getting started, the spiffy equipment, the lingo, the shine of newness, right? I can totally relate to that. Uh, And here's how he describes the obsessive. He says, the obsessive is a bottom line type of person, not one to settle for second best. He or she knows results are what count, and it doesn't matter how you get them, just so you get them fast. In fact, he wants to get the stroke just right during the very first lesson, or he stays after class talking to the instructor he asks what books and tapes he can buy to help make him progress progress faster. Right, that's the obsessive. Um, and then he also describes the hacker, uh, who after sort of getting the hang of things, uh, the the hacker is willing to stay on what George Leonard calls the plateau. Uh, you know, everyone has the plateau. He he says the hacker is willing to stay there indefinitely, meaning here she doesn't bother going to conferences to learn more on uh, tennis. The hacker is the player who develops a solid forehand and then figures that she can make do with just a ragged backhand, etc. Um, so I know that I've certainly got little bits of all of these traits, uh, and, and I feel like I've kind of taken you know especially like the dabbler, or the obsessive, uh, I've kind of taken those characteristics, and I feel like I've put them to good use on the overall path of what Leonard calls you know mastery, uh, and you know his his big, you know he's got a book called Mastery, and kind of the, the thesis there is that you know life is a journey, right? That it's it's all about the journey, it's about really. Uh, you know, mastering the different areas of your life and, and just having a few areas, you know, certain, you know, physical, you know, activities that you focus on, your relationships, your skills, you know, your, your whatever your business uh, skills would be, your, your breadwinning skills, and kind of just focusing on those and just, you know, slowly improving them and really just mastering them over time and, and being comfortable with not going from zero to, to you know zero knowledge to 100% knowledge in the span of of a week but but growing that span slowly over your lifetime and being comfortable with that right and we've talked about that on on past episodes here um so so i feel like i've taken my you know my dabbler uh characteristics my obsessive characteristics as as leonard would call them and and put them to good use on the overall path to mastery in terms of um, what I mean by that is, you know, my one to three project sprints. These kind of fit in line with my big picture goals for life in in terms of business, relationships, uh, my personal life, and things like that. So, uh, you know, so I, I I do a project, and I've kind of, kind of got these these short goals. You know, I do a three month sprint to to build something, and now that's a that's a new uh, you know brick in the wall that I'm building that is, you know, my business or whatever it may be, right? And so I've, I've kind of focused on this one thing, but it in the, the you, you step back and you look at the big picture and it kind of fits right in with this, you know, path of mastery. At least that's how I feel. Um, yeah, But I've kind of always been like this. I think it's one of my, my greatest strengths is, you know, being able to have this laser sharp focus on just one or two things at a time. Uh, and it means I can quickly build something. And when I'm done, it's, you know, it's, it's high quality, it's interesting, it's fun. It provides a lasting value, uh, and, and I usually see the, the project through to the end because it's 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 done in such a short amount of time that I don't freak out uh, and and quit right. But at the same time, I feel like this has its disadvantages, namely, uh, you know that the tendencies of a dabbler uh, and or an obsessive, uh, you know, they've got the laser sharp focus on just one or two things. For me, it means that I'm I'm oftentimes thinking mostly about that one or two. Those one or two projects that the top idea in my mind. And when something's the top idea in my mind, it's like, that's it. I've, I've just got one. And it just kind of takes up all the space. Uh, so, okay, so here's here's where we're going with this. Last week's episode of the Weekly Briefly, I talked a little bit about rest and workaholism. Uh, you know, kind of talked about how healthy work can keep our mind in, invigorated, uh, especially when that, you know, involves learning and expanding our skill set. Uh, but I also talked about how, you know, workaholism can be an addiction. Um, And, you know, there's this, some really great quotes actually from uh, Stephen Covey's book, First Things First. Uh, And he writes about how our roles sometimes, you know, can become imbalanced, uh, meaning that there's a particular project or a particular area of responsibility that we're focused on. uh, And it's at the expense of other things. And sometimes this imbalance can be healthy. Uh, Stephen Covey writes that there are times when imbalance is balance, when a short term focus contributes to our overall mission in life. Uh, And he also says, He also says that it's easy to get caught up in imbalance to the point that it no longer reflects mission or principles. He says, rather than being mission driven, we become urgency driven. So there's a healthy way there, there is, can be healthy imbalance, but also uh, healthy imbalance can, can event can turn into unhealthy imbalance, right? Uh, so in short, uh, it's okay to be ramped up about a particular role or a particular area of responsibility, but that shouldn't be our perpetual way of life. Right, so for me as a husband and as a father, especially like this is one of my biggest challenges, is leaving work at work when I've I'm now spending time with my family. You know, my wife, she's extremely generous, super gracious in this regard. So she's always interested, always willing to listen to you know me talk about the projects that I'm working on. But what sort of husband would I be if I let the work centric top ideas in my head be the center of our marriage? If I just let them take over, right? Like I, I don't want them to take over. You know, it's not good. It's not healthy. Uh, You know, my wife would get bored with me pretty quickly. Uh, I would never get to know her. You know, I'd never be interested in the things that she's interested in because I'm I'm too busy talking about the things that I'm interested in. Right. So, so it's important for me uh, to let those ideas be at rest when I'm somewhere other than work. And uh, you know, Barbara Killinger, she's a doctor, and she writes. She says that wisdom comes from balance, and and I, I love that statement. Wisdom comes from balance in this regard. So. I wanted to present just a few ideas and a few suggestions for how to maintain that balance, how to keep ourselves from becoming imbalanced and obsessive about one particular thing to the detriment of many others. You know, and it's one thing to to be focused on something to have that laser sharp focus, it's another thing when you can never let it go and that when you constantly have that laser sharp focus, it's always on a, you know something and you're you're never able to even just let go. It's you know you go from project to project to sport, to relationship or whatever it may be, you know, hopping and, and obsessing and dabbling in all these different areas. And there, it, it doesn't, there's not balance in, you know, kind of the the whole sphere of your life. So, um, so that's kind of what I want to talk about. And, and I've, I've talked before uh, about, you know, the difference between work-life balance and work-life boundaries. And I feel like a lot of times that the balance in this regard, in terms of, of being able to, to leave work uh, at work, you know, let the, the, the top ideas in our mind, uh, rest at work when we leave work and then pick them back up when we return is, you know, there's a balance there. And I feel like we can achieve that balance through the boundaries, if that makes sense. So okay, here's, here's the few ideas, a few suggestions that I've got, uh, and then we'll call it a show. So here's the first one is, is consider if you have an addiction to urgency and, or an addiction to your inbox, uh, you know, here's here's what that would look like if you're frequently checking in on your email or your Twitter or your Facebook or other services when you're not actually putting those things uh, when you should be putting those things to rest. Right. So, you know, for me, if I'm I'm done with work at the end of the day and I go upstairs and then five minutes later while I'm waiting for dinner, next thing I know, I'm checking my email again. That's not exactly. I, I haven't yet put work to rest in that regard. I'm not. I haven't let go. And so mentally, when you're doing that, you're keeping a foot in both camps, and you can't be two places at one time. So you got to let the inbox addiction go. You got to let the urgency addiction go. So you can just be in one place at one time, and trust that you know, like Killinger says, that there's wisdom in the balance. Trust that if you let yourself take a break from working on that project that you're super excited about, know that when you come back to it, and you know you're going to come back to it, right. Then know that when you've truly rested from it, then you'll have more to contribute when you next come back because you were able to actually let your mind take a break from it. Right? <clears throat> Here's another suggestion: turn off those outside notifications that interrupt you when they have no right to, such as uh, you know, don't let your phone buzz with an email from your boss when it's eight o'clock at night and you're trying to to wind down for the day. Right? Like when you're when you're done with work, let work rest. And it's not so much. I mean, yeah, it's boundaries, but it's also you've got to you've got to allow the work stuff to be at rest. You've got to allow that project, whatever it is that you're super excited about. It's not like it's the enemy. It's not unhealthy. But when we obsess over it to the detriment of other things, that's where it can become unhealthy. And actually, not only does it, it you know, kind of, I don't want to say poison, but not only can it be a little bit unhealthy in the other areas, but actually it, it causes that thing that we're obsessing over, that project that we're super excited about, we, we won't stop thinking about it. If we if we can take a break from it let our mind rest from it it'll actually contribute to the overall health of the project in a better way it'll it'll be a better uh, end result if we allow ourselves to kind of take a break from it let our subconscious work on it right um, and, and that's kind of my next point number three here is understanding that there is no division or separation between our personal life our work life our relationships etc right like all of who we are is all of who we are all the time right like This is good news because it means that healthy relationships can contribute to meaningful work or a healthy body can contribute to a happy heart. So if we're freaking out about a work project and we're anxious about it, we're we're excited about it, whatever it may be, we're nervous, we're not making meaningful work, we're not making meaningful progress, like trust, there's this, uh, you know, it's called the side door approach. Uh, is and and it's it's this idea where if we can keep the other areas of our life healthy and balanced, then it sort of raises the water level in all the other areas as well, right? So so if you're you're anxious that you're not doing making meaningful progress on this project, like trust, use the side door approach. Keep the other areas of your life healthy and balanced, and that raises the water level, so to speak, on the project that you're working on. All right, this is way easier said than done. Uh, it it takes experimental knowledge to realize that this is true. So here's what I would suggest is keep a journal or a log of your progress and your feelings, uh, you know, related to this project that you're working on and remind yourself, you know, write down the the time, you know, that one morning you're, you're working on the thing and you're just hitting, you're just hitting your brick wall. You, You can't get through this problem. You're stuck on it, whatever it is. You took a break, you went and hit the gym or whatever. You came back and boom, like, the the solution suddenly seemed so much more clear. Like that's not a coincidence. That's just how things work. That you 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 took a break, you stepped back, you let the work rest for a minute. You, you, you know, you exercise, you brought some, you know, worked on your physical health, whatever. That raises the water level. You know, you go back to the work of the the project again, and there's the breakthrough, right? Like that's just kind of that's just, that's sort of how things work. And so, you know, log that stuff, journal that. When you have those breakthroughs, those moments where you realize, oh yeah, balance really does contribute uh, and things like that, you know, remind yourself of it. Because like I said, it's way easier said than done. Um, here's here's number four, speaking of journaling. Uh, <clears throat> this can be an invaluable tool, journaling itself, right? Uh, an invaluable tool to helping your mind you know, put work to rest. Basically, here's what I love to do is uh, record my daily progress, you know, acknowledging the victories, uh, you know, basically having like a debrief about the project that I'm working on or whatever work I did that day and doing a brain dump of all the things that I was excited about, that I'm anxious about, the things I'm still working on, etc. Right? Like just kind of get it all out there. And this leads into number five, which is to give yourself a buffer to transition. Uh, and so for me, I work from home my transition time sometimes is like 10 seconds. I'm done. I, I step away from my computer. I walk upstairs. 10 seconds later, I'm now a dad. I'm now a husband. It's like, that was really fast. So sometimes it's just not enough time. Actually, most of the times it's not enough time. So what I try to do is I try to quit early so I can let my mind sort of shift gears before I go do something else. And and this is also, that's when I spend the time journaling. So I kind of journal my progress. So I kind of give myself a, a mental buffer as well as just that that physical time buffer to sort of debrief. Let the project, okay, I mean, you know what? I'm just going to tuck this thing in as far as I've gotten so far today. Tuck it in, let it be. It'll still be here tomorrow. There's not that much more I can do tonight. I need to go, you know, I need to go be a healthy dad. I need to go be a healthy husband. I need to go exercise. I need to, to, to feed these other areas of my life. So that when I come back to work, they'll be I'll be able to make meaningful progress. I'll be able to have those breakthroughs and the things that I was, you know, digging through the trenches with today. Number six is to plan. Uh, you know, if you've got a plan of attack for how and when you're going to work on your project, then uh, that can seriously help to alleviate some of the stress and the anxiety and just the, you know, it, it stays in the top idea of your head, right? So if you've got a plan for when you're going to work on it, it can help relieve that pressure, that tension, that anxiety. Uh, And then, because you know, right? You know when the next time will be that you're going to tackle it, uh, and so you don't have to stress out about it as much because you trust. You know what? You know it's okay. I know when I'm next next going to work on it. You're not freaking out, going, "Why am I not working on it right now?" Like it's okay. You know what? There's going to be time enough. Two hours tomorrow morning to work on it. That's okay. You know that'll be enough. Um, And then, lastly, is uh, I would consider. Uh, focusing on meaningful outcomes on a weekly scale rather than on a daily scale. When you've got like a seven-day timeline, uh, it really can help free you up from the urgency of feeling that you need to get all the meaningful work done right now, today, when you've only got 20 minutes. Um, And then also, what's nice about that is that a week is still short enough of amount of time that you can clearly, you know what your outcomes are for the week, you know what your goals are for the week. And when you're you're making this progress, you're still able to kind of keep like a, a brisk pace of meaningful progress on a week to week basis, right? So it, you know it's not like setting your goals out for a year at this level, you know, just the week level, and uh, you know, and then just a little bit every day to progress towards that uh, can can help actually give you a little bit of perspective and and release some of the urgency, you know, the weight of urgency on the day to day basis. So all that to say, you know what. It's okay to be excited about a project, have that top idea in your head. Um, But if you're like me and you don't always enjoy bringing that top idea to everything you do, having it dominate all your conversations, dominate everything you think about, everything you do, then some ways to kind of just set a few little boundaries, bring a little balance and then trust that, you know, when there is balance in these other areas, it actually contributes to the overall work. But, you know, I will say here one more, one more aside, uh, you know, in, in favor of really having just that one or two top ideas in your head. Because um, that's not the enemy, right? We're not trying to just stop having top ideas. We're not trying to stop being excited about whatever main project we're working on. It's one of the biggest things that is the advantage in that regard is that when you're really excited about one particular project, it's like everything becomes inspiration. Everything becomes fodder for that project, for that idea that you're working on. As you're you're, you're mowing through, um, <clears throat> in some ways, this is great because then you just get this. Right, you're just able to almost like you know synthesize the, your entire world around you, and and turn it into you know, and then channel it through the lens of the the project that you're working on, either the story you're trying to tell, or or uh, you know the whatever it is that you're trying to build or the, the the problem you're trying to solve. It's like everything becomes this potential solution becomes inspiration. That's really awesome. At the same time you're like, Oh my gosh, I got to shut this off at some point or I'm never going to get done. So, uh, you know, whatever, two sides of that coin. Uh, so anyways, hope you guys have a great weekend as always. Thank you so much for listening. I uh, really appreciate uh, you guys taking your 15, 20, 25 minutes out of your day every Friday. And then for those of you that listen to Sean today, you know, every Monday, Wednesday, you guys are amazing. Uh, I so appreciate you. I hope you have a great weekend. Uh, so consider one of these things. You know, journal. Give yourself some time to buffer. Plan. You know, do stuff on a weekly scale. Remember that there's no division between uh, your personal life, your work life, your your personal life. Where we are All of who we are is all of who we are all the time, right? And then uh, turn off those notifications and uh, consider those those addictions to the inbox, to the urgent, and what you can do about it. Uh, I know you guys are, are awesome. So... Have a good one. Okay. (laughs) See you later. God bless.